are you? It's Leon Diop here. Hi, I'm Amanda Addy. I'm Femi Bancoli. My name is Bonnie O'Demonet. This is the Black and Irish Podcast. This podcast is, is about us getting into the nitty gritty of what it's like growing up as a black and Irish person, growing up with, with a different skin tone in Ireland. Telling the stories, sharing experiences, highlighting racism, pretty much just playing a part in like trying to integrate the black Irish community into the wider Irish society. A weekly chat where we talk about all things race. It's just, you know, bringing someone fascinating on, get them to share the story in their own words, whether it's positive, whether it's negative. A lot of these stories were either experienced by us or they stayed within the community. So we wanted to create a platform where these stories can be shared. This is the Black and Irish Podcast. Hey guys, how you doing? It's Bonnie here from the Black and Irish Podcast. And today we have Paul Olima. Now, for any of you who don't know who Paul Olima is, Paul is a Dublin-born, London-based fitness model, personal trainer, ex-professional football and rugby player, and most importantly, he's a father of two daughters. Now, Paul, simply put, is a legend. (laughs) Like, I came across Paul on social media a couple months back because when I started getting into TikTok, I started having a lot of my friends tag Paul or say, Bonnie, you remind me a lot of Paul Olima. Paul is hilarious. He never fails to put a smile on your face whenever you're feeling down. And he's just one lad who wants to have the crack where he can. Personally, he is someone that I look up to a lot as a black Irish lad. So yeah, here we go with the podcast. Growing up in Dublin, it was it was eventful. There was two things that where where I lived in Blanchestown, well, like Clancilla, Blanchestown area. You had to be like really good at football or really good at fighting. And I was I was decent at the both of them. So I think when I grew up, I just knew, I kind of knew what I needed to do to have friends. And because I was really gifted with a football at my feet, people wanted to play football with me. I was like, I was more athletic than everyone else, if that makes sense. So it kind of brought people to me and I was always joking around or being a, I just kind of knew that I, I kind of had to be a bit of a, I had to be better than every, do you know what I mean? I had to be more entertaining than yeah. everyone to keep them to keep them around me if that makes sense i th- i think uh, in the 90s from myself so basically what happened was my parents moved over and my dad was a doctor so when my parents moved over and my dad was the doctor of the area kind of everyone knew our family home and as much as like i i'd be around my mates and they'd say um, look at that black fellow over there or, or i didn't see another black person till i was around 15 years of age so do you know it wasn't like there was anyone else except for for me and I think the first time I did see a black person when I was 15 in Ireland I was looking at him like what the f- are you doing here <laughs> oh sorry for me. but I was looking like and and that's me being like it's not me being racist but it's just because I've never seen it before and I was so surprised so when when I'm in Ireland and growing up and I think what I did first is I I kind of made a reputation for myself of being somebody that fight do you know what I mean so I had like yeah. eight eight of my mates who stuck with me because I grew up with them like when they were in trouble we'd be in forest and people would come in and try and be be like you know what I mean and and we'd never back down so so as long as I was there fighting by their sides 
when it came around to people, because loads of people were after me in the, in the area, do you know what I mean? When it yeah, came yeah. to that time, they were always by my side. So it kind of broke, it broke the color. There was no color barrier when it came to my friends when I'd leave the area. So like, let's say Paddy's day and stuff, we go into town or I'd go, or we'd go for a walk to Luke and our, you know, we'd leave our area and stuff like that. That's when it was a little bit different. <laughs> That's when they've never seen it. And they'd say something <laughs> and, 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 I am lucky that I had a group of boys that were ready to like fall on a sword for me, if that makes sense. So that's kind of, that's kind of how it was for me. I think it's a little, it might be different for other people, but for me, my boys were there behind me a hundred, a hundred percent. So. That's really interesting that you brought that up because me myself growing up, I grew up across South Dublin and there wasn't, in the areas I grew up in, there wasn't many black people in the early stages of my life. I always felt to an extent, and it, it wasn't in regards to fighting, but it was whether that be in sport or in like academics that I always had this mm-hmm. point to prove. Like yeah. I need to do extra to gain respect. Where do you think for yourself that developed in your mind, you know? Why did you feel you had to be aggressive or you had to, you know, you know, force respect? The first time for me was, I think I was six, I was six years old. I went to school in Roselawn, um, St. Francis Avers there in, in the middle of Blanche. And um, when I went in, junior infants, and um, I think I'd done a year of junior infants, there was a Chinese lad, Paul Shum, in my class as well. And I remember me and him, two Pauls, and it was just easy. And we were messing cool. around. But when I was six, I think I was senior infants or first class, I remember somebody called me the, the N-word for the first time. And I didn't do anything. And I came home and I told me, Dad, I was like, Dad, somebody's after calling me. And he said, if anybody ever calls you that, you've got a license to, to fight. Yeah. And I remember the next day I went into school and I punched up that kid. I was six years of age. I remember I boxed him up and down. And that put fear into the other students. So I learned there that if I am really aggressive, nobody else is going to want to mess with me. So that's, that, that, was, that was that for fighting, for everything. So then yeah. I just, I, I've had, I, I can't even count on my fingers. People in blend, I get messages now because I'm doing well on Instagram. Somebody go, oh, I love you now. But <laughs> um, you, you battered me, brother. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. You know what I mean? But when I was a kid, I was an absolute, because I learned that that's the only way that people won't call me, do you know, that word. I'd rather yeah. people say it behind their back in fear than say it to me face, if that makes sense. And that's why loads of people probably wanted to bat me when I was younger, younger as well. But the thing is, what all them people that wanted to bat me when I was younger, I ended up turning into friends, do you know what I mean? So it was a, <laughs> it's, it was a weird thing because they'd get to know me and I'd have a laugh and stuff like that. But I, I used to, I just knew that I being aggressive is the only way that I'm going to get get it get through this i think maybe it was when i was i was 14 and um this is the i think this is like the turning point of when i knew i had to be like mad or whatever i was 14 i was in a forest with me mates and we were sitting down drinking cans as you do at 14 and um, (laughs) then i think around seven lads ran into the forest to rob us and me and two other lads legged it and two of me mates stayed there 
and they got their phones taken or whatever. But their disappointment in me running was everything. Do you know what I mean? That's when I was yeah, like, all right, yeah. Jesus, I have to be a different sort of human. And then from then on, until I moved to England, I, I was that. And it didn't change until I probably had my first kid where I was like, Paul, you need to relax here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because man. stop thinking you're tough and stuff like that and just enjoy life but yeah it's, it's it wasn't it wasn't an easy upbringing when it comes to that stuff but I, I just had to handle it with aggression if that makes sense talking about upbringing you know and alluding to how you spoke about not seeing many black people until you're about 14, yeah. 15 in, in Ireland. I'm interested to know, Paul, who were your role models growing up? Who could you look up to and think, yeah, that's my role model? It's mad that you say it, bleeding the rock. <laughs> Watching wrestling. Um, Just smell what he's cooking, man. This, this is it. Um, no, like I had Paul McGrath, of course, um, when I was growing up and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that's why my name is Paul in the first place. But <laughs> I, I had Paul McGrath. He was like, he was amazing for growing up. And that's yeah. what made, took me to the football. I was like, and I think I always thought to myself, like, Paul McGrath, he's not pure black is he and I think to myself <laughs> I'll be the first person to sing out on the veins you know what I mean I play for Ireland so that was weird like in school I couldn't give it about anything that anyone was talking yeah. my whole goal when I was younger was to be the first person to sing out on the vein like how great that would be because I'd go to pubs and I'd see Irish people themselves and they're humming it they're not saying the words do you know what I mean they, they don't even know yeah. the words to the song and I was like, you know what, I'll bark that out and all. I'll make Ireland proud. You know, that was my whole thing. Do you know what I mean? But when I grew up in Ireland, it, was, it's, it wasn't good to be Nigerian. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it was yeah. a bad thing. Do you know? And only now that I'm living in London, I've, I've realized the power of being Nigerian. Do you know what I mean? I, when I was growing up in Ireland, it, was, it wasn't a super, like, I made it my superpower. I'm black and Irish and I made that like my... How is you know my entrance into the room, as you could say, but it, yeah. was, it, it was it was t- like it was more like people would slag Nigeria, do you know what I mean? And I'd have nothing to say, and and if somebody was like, "Oh, who are you going to play football for?" I'd be like, "Ireland," do you know what I mean? Nigeria wasn't even a thought. It's like you kind of forget your heritage because you want to blend in, if that makes sense. There's so many, so many things I can even say on that, you know. It's very hard, I felt, myself, because like yourself, Paul, I'm Nigerian as well as being Irish. And growing up, I I don't know about yourself, but I had my clash of cultures, my identity crisis, you know, am I Irish, am I Nigerian, am I too Irish, am I too Nigerian? And it, it was hard, especially as a black person, trying to figure that out in your head, especially if you didn't have a role model within the island that you can relate to. As I said before, Paul, and I don't know if you've realised it yourself, but you are a role model for so many young black Irish people on the island today. You know what I mean? It's lovely to hear. But yeah, when you're when you're young, though, you just, as you probably just said there, you just want to blend in, don't you? You don't you don't want to be any different. I, I was doing Irish in class since, since I was in junior and infants, you know what I mean? And I'd sit on the back of a, I remember I'd sit on the back of the bus and I'd wish somebody would ring me. 
so people could hear my Irish accent so I could yeah. pick up the phone on a bus so people could hear that I had a, an accent from Blanche and then I would Honestly. be on the phone and people turn around and go where are you from and I'd be like I'm from Blanche do you know what I mean and then do, do, do you understand and I remember like wishing my phone would ring do you know what I mean so people wouldn't that- think I'm just some black fella that came and how wrong is that like do you know what I mean I don't know. It's yeah. literally, it, it's that consistent seeking of acceptance from the wider society, you know, because you like, as a youngster, you want to be, you want to be accepted so much. You start to dilute so much of your heritage or so much other aspects of your personality, which is it, until you get older with hindsight, you start to realize, oh, Jesus, I never knew I did that without thinking, you know what I mean? this part right um honestly so you live in the uk at the moment you're living in london what's it been like living in england as a black irish lad i'm sure you've definitely you know had so many funny looks now whenever you speak on the phone or in public i think at the start when i moved over nobody could understand what i said because i spoke real quick and even now when i'm doing checkouts at sainsbury's or you know in the shops and stuff like that they they always give an extra look and that some people will say it some people it brings joy to some people they just break down laughing what you're right and they just break down laughing but i don't like i i, I don't mind it but i think i'm used to it i, I think i've been getting it my yeah, whole life man. so it, it's not it's nothing different to me now i just i, I, I use it as me as me superpower as i say i just laugh with them i'm like yeah that yeah this is the, that's where i'm from do you know what i mean laugh with them and then move on do you know but I wouldn't say it's been a burden for me at all over here in London. I think it's done me done me better, if anything, do you know? Because I live in London now, where I live in London, I walk, I walk into a pub in London, nobody's looking at me. I, I, and this is the one that always get me. If I walk into like a pub in Ireland that nobody knows, you know, the whole place would stop and look at you. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, stuff, like, stuff like that, 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 that happens in Ireland. My whole life, do you know what I mean? It happened my whole life. But I would walk in with such bravado, looking people in the eyes, ready for a fight. Do you know what I mean? That I had yeah. to do that. I had to show no weakness going in. Or or I'd wait. Or I'd never. If somebody, I, I still have it now to this day. Um, I'd never go and sit in a pub and wait for someone on my own. So back in the day, really? if the lads were like, all right, we're going to this place and all. I'm not going to be the first person in that place sitting there and waiting. Because then I'd be the black fella and people would be like, so I'd have to wait till all the boys got there or I'd have to walk in with all the boys so they wouldn't think, who's who's that black fella trying to sit in? And that shit, like, I just, I forgot about it because over here, it doesn't happen. Do you know what I mean? In London, it doesn't happen. I go into a place and it's like, oh, how, like, how you, like, I feel like people judge you over here more for your clothes than your skin colour. But yeah. in Ireland, I remember, it's just kind of a feeling that, and I, it, it did, it crept up again. I was like, What's that about? And, and 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 the worst part of all of it is is the last time I, I went home from my mates, um, he had a book, book launch in Ireland and I went home for it. Only I think it was only last year it was. Yeah, I only started last year. I went out on the drink or whatever. It was grand. At the end of the night, though, one of the girls was like, why are you singing ballad sounds? You're black. And I was thinking to myself, I've been living in London now 15 years and nobody's really, nobody's came at me with that. 
I'm back in Ireland only, do you know what I mean? Well, I've been back a few times, but I'm not, I wasn't with none of my mates and there was a girl there didn't, do you know what I mean? And she was saying all that. I was like, that that doesn't happen. So then then it kind of just re- reiterates the fact that I think there's, a, there's an undercurrent. Ireland's not racist. I don't think Ireland's racist. I'll never say that. But I think there's an undercurrent of, of, of people that aren't just, aren't clued up, do you know what I mean? mentioned there that you know your children are very important to you in in your opinion Paul being a father now what do you think parents ought to do in regards to helping their kids grow up to be more open-minded about people from different diverse backgrounds the weird part is I have my oldest Carmel Zeus and she lived in Derby which was the Midlands and I remember one time after school she said to me she went why is your skin that color that was my daughter from the Midlands you know what I mean my daughter that lives in when she moved to London, she has all different races in her class, so she kind of knows that she'll never say it now. My daughter, my youngest Esme, she's in a class with twenty different races. She speaks Spanish in her class. She's two. Do you know what I mean? So she'll grow up around all these different races. It, it's it's hard for me to say what the parents should do because I just feel like it's like education of teaching your kid that there's nothing not to judge just by the color of your skin or but by the character in their heart i'm just after reciting martin luther king <laughs> Sorry <about that. laughs> but basically i think that's that like that that means something to me do you know what i mean because i i don't I, I remember when black lives matter i remember when i was like i don't judge people by the color of their skin and the uh, the amount of flack I got for that, people were like, "What do you mean? Of course you do." And I was thinking to myself, "No, if somebody's an asshole or an asshole, you you should judge people by their character." Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. For parents, I just teach your kid that there's there's nothing wrong with other people because of skin color. And I've seen even skits online, or no, there was a video online that was going around, and there was a kid and he had an iPad, and there was two girls there. There was two kids in the iPad, uh, on on the screen, and the the parent went, "What are what can you see any differences on what can you see on the screen?" And, and the kid went, two kids," and then it was a black and a white kid. And then he goes, "What else? What what else can you tell me?" It's a girl and a boy. One's yeah. wearing a pink. It was nothing about skin color, and it was like I I welled up, nearly cried. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. the last thing that kid said, he didn't say it. And he he was like, "What else is different about them?" And the kid was like, "I don't know." That was like mind blowing for me. So you, I don't know how parents can teach that, but that's beautiful. Do you know what I mean? What are your hopes for Ireland? Like, what, what would you love to see moving forward? Um, what I'd love to see moving forward is, and I think it is moving that way because it's just more of a kind of diverse lo- lo- London kind of vibe, if that makes sense. Do you know where it's okay to be from a different race and. I, I I wish this for the world. To be honest, I wish. Like I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I'm 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 going to probably die in London. Do you know what I mean? Just for the fact of I just love walking down to the the shop and not being. It's not like not being looked at for my skin color, but for what I'm wearing. I know it's uh, you know or how I smell, but I just kind of wish for Ireland. It kind of just 
that's my biggest hope, like where people aren't judged just by the colour of their skin or and, and it's okay to be different. And it is getting there, to be fair. I'm not going to lie. It's Ireland is so much multicultural and well more than what I, when, what I had when I was growing up. And to be fair, right now, when I moved to London in 2005, how Ireland is now, it's it's getting there. It's near. It's nearly. It's not there yet, but it is getting there. And I, and I don't know what it takes or what what it would take, but I just yeah. I just hope it kind of takes a leaf out of London's books. But in saying that, in the sixty well nineteen sixties, there's no blacks, no dogs, no Irish in London. Do you know what I mean? So um, it's just it's a it's it's a weird world. It's a weird world. I want to thank you so so much for taking the time to, to chat with us, Paul. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been an honor. And again, wishing you all the best, yourself and the family, and much love, brother. Thank you very much, buddy, man. Love you to bits, mate. Well, that's it for now. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at black underscore and Irish. Don't forget to subscribe to the series on rte.ie slash podcasts. Much love. Peace.